Happy Merman Crush Monday, everybody. This next interview I broke into two parts because it's a tad long, but it's totally okay because it has a ton of wisdom and good advice in it. So, enjoy. Hi, you're listening to the Merman Podcast. I'm Merman Turby, and today my special guest is Cetus the Merman. Welcome to the show. Hi. No, you're a Florida, or a merman in Florida, right? Yes. Okay. There's quite a bit of you out there compared to where I live in Michigan. Not quite a bit of merman, but more uh, than what I have here. I would, I would say so, yes. Um, depending on where you go, um, surprisingly enough, like, I don't really know a lot here in South Florida. Like, I know there's Terror of the Deep. Um, if, we're, if we're talking not just merman, but mer- mermaids and merman, um, you know, I know Mermaid Jewels. She's a little further north. Um, Terror of the Deep is a little further south. And then, of course, you have your tailmakers. Like, you have uh, Mer Taylor, you have Mer Nation. And you have Mirabella, and all three of them are here in Florida. So, you know, and we also have Wikiwaki Springs, yeah. you know. So uh, a lot of people go up there. You know, we do have the beach. We do, you know, have some some nice springs, some, you know. For those who are asking, like, when it comes to, you know, uh, swimming in, in a tail, I generally just prefer a pool just because I prefer – if, if I'm going to swim in a current, I, I, I want to just swim with my competitor monofin because, you know, or at least swim together, you know, just to be safe. You know what I mean? Because it's just, it's so dangerous. You know what I mean? People can drown. You know, people can go missing in the riptides and stuff like that. So it can be very dangerous. Right. You know? Now, have you lived you know, in a lot? Of... Oh, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, that's fine. Like, like a lot of people don't know that. Like, it's, it is very dangerous to swim out in open waters, you know, without, an op- you know, not just if you don't know what you're doing, but, you know, just without, a, you know, without someone, you know, who can be there if something gets happens, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know. Now, before we, like, we get into your history and everything, have you lived in Florida your whole life? Yes, I have. Okay. I was just thinking, do you think that had any influence on you becoming a merman? I would definitely think so, just because it is a warmer climate and just because we live in a place where water is more accessible and warm water is more accessible throughout the year. And I think that I've just become just so accustomed to that, that it's hard for me to see Murr saying that they can't swim for three months because the water is cold. I mean, we do have cold water here at times, you know, but, you know, the weather here, even when it's cold, you know, it gets to the fifties, maybe the forties, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that has definitely taken a toll on my, uh, Mersona. Um, I would definitely say that he is definitely a warm watered merman. I would, I would definitely say that. Hmm. Yeah. Cause actually that's one of the questions we usually go over warm water or, um, salt water, fresh water, tropical or whatever. Do you, does your Mersona migrate or anything? Are you pretty, brown i would say there are times where he does go north um maybe when he wants to be alone okay you know um but he i mean he's pretty much a lone wolf a lot of the time but you know he can migrate and you know mingle when he has to or when he would like to you know um 
but he, I, I would say he's a survivalist. Like he, he, he tries to, tries to really mm-hmm. live on survival, you know, um, or to be able to be able to, he, he's very independent. That's what he is. He's very independent. And I think he appreciates the company of a pod, but sometimes like he wants to be able to know that he can do things when he has to on his own, mm. just because he needs that. You know what I mean? He needs that independence, you know? Um, and uh, I, w- I would definitely say, if I had to choose, um, that he is just uh, a merman from Atlantica. That is, that is home to him. That Ooh. is definitely home. That's definitely home. And, you know, that's his people. And, you know, he sees King Trident as a father figure and, you know, respects him the utmost and, you know, wants to be like him, you know, wants to, you know, wants to uh, live up to his, you know, impressions and to do well by him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh you know, he, it's that, that is, that's where I take a lot of my inspiration from with, with that film. Like that is it for me, you know? And, you know, like I've heard a lot of Murphs um, from your previous episodes, a lot of them actually don't look as to Ariel as an inspiration. And that's fair, you know, mm-hmm. like that's fair. Like I can understand that. Um, uh, I guess it's just for me, you know, a certain redhead was, was my first introduction into the culture, you know? Right. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think, well, like, I, I mean, there's tons of people that haven't been on. I think quite a few people out there, though, got inspiration from Ariel, too. Oh, yes. To, to say, like, I have a couple of women in my life that are on, you know, on high platters, you know, mm-hmm. like that are on like, uh, I put them on a pedestal. And if we're talking fic- fictional women, there are two women that you don't screw around with me with. You don't screw around with me with Ariel and you don't screw around with me and Judy Garland. Oh, uh-oh. don't do it. You don't do it, you know. Um, and uh, we can put Matt, if we're talking more mermaids, we can put Madison up there. We can put the, uh, we can put uh, Cleo, Ricky and Emma up there, you know. So, but in general, the, the the mermaid that's on the highest pedestal for me is Ariel. I I love Splash. I mm-hmm. absolutely love Splash. Don't get me wrong. Um, for me, Splash came into my life later on in my life. Um, in my late teens, I would say late teens, early twenties, and I'm actually grateful for that because I feel like I, I was able to appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. Um, the art, not just to say, oh, look, a mermaid, a real life mermaid, but just to look at the artistry of to be able to swim yeah. in a body binding suit and to look graceful and beautiful and to really, really be captivating, not just for one audience, but for audiences that span generations, mm-hmm. you know, and <clears throat> I, to me, um, another reason why, you know, mer culture and the mer lifestyle is so important to me is because one thing they all have in common is their love of music and their love of, and their love of singing. And I feel that really stuck with me when I was a kid because it was, it was the little mermaid that introduced me to the artistry of singing. Oh, cool. And, you know, I became, I became a classically trained singer because of Ariel, because I wanted to be like her, you know? Mm-hmm. Huh, I, I've never heard that about Ariel being an inspiration as far as 
music. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Oh, yes. Now, I had to say, if one of the first, the, the two songs that are, there are two songs in my repertoire that are very important to me on a very emotional level, and that is Over the Rainbow and The Little Mermaid. Those two, are, those two songs are the songs that taught me how to sing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Did Judy Garland ever dress up as a mermaid? No, I wish that 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 would have been that would have been lovely. Yeah. But uh, maybe it's glad she didn't because they probably would have put her in some risque outfit, and probably Louis B. Mayer would probably be a little too happy to see her. If you know what I mean, that prick, mm. that man was a monster. Anyway, <laughs> they uh, that that is, I I can go I I can talk forever about her, you know, but um. No, she never did anything that I can think of off the top of my memory, uh, anything mermaid-esque, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, like, it's just, I, I I, always want to be a better singer because I feel the better singer I am, the closer I am to to the idea of what a mer is, right. you know. And I, I had one one of my dear friends, we were at an audition together, and she heard me sing, and she says, not not exactly, but she said, you know, if I had to, like, describe the voice of a mermaid, it would be yours. Like, it was, you know, that, that I sound like, I sound like what she would imagine a mermaid to sound like. And for me, that, that, that was just so enough, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because that's all I ever wanted, you know? Oh, and to forget, like, I, I don't want to forget, another woman to put on that pedestal, a real woman? Yeah. Sierra Bogus. Sierra Bogus. Okay. I um. Uh, if, for those who don't know, she was the actress who portrayed uh, Ariel on Broadway in the original Broadway production. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, I have a really like mo- a really important story about her. Um, so a couple about two years ago, more like three years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, she was doing a one woman show, and she came down here, and um. I knew that I had to go see her because she was so close to where to where to where I'm located that I'm like, there's no way that I'm not going to not see her, you know? Yeah. So I went to go see her and um, I was to say I was excited was like an understanding. (laughs) And um, when she came on, she came on like she she's a redhead and like she comes on this red you know, with her red hair and this beautiful blue suit. And I just, I was the first one to stand to applaud. And, uh, wow. And, uh, so when she, when she's, uh, she's talking about when she got cast as Ariel and she said that she knew that that would be the role that would change her career and that would change her life. And, um, she would talk about how she would, uh, walk past the Hudson to go to the rehearsal space where she met Norm Lewis and uh, Chelsea Renee Scott and um, uh, Titus Burgess and Sean Palmer, her co-stars, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And while she's talking about it, the pianist is just playing along. But I could tell in the music already, I could think ahead about where he was going. And then he played the intro to, to Part of Your World. And in that moment, like, you know, in the, in the, in the acting industry, they always talk about how to be in the moment and to be present in the moment. And in that moment, I felt so present with what was happening mm-hmm. that when I heard the intro, mm-hmm. 
I started to cry. Because people, like, people say, like, you know, I, I was crying. And, you know, I wasn't crying. I was really sobbing. I had to, like, oh, put damn. my hand in front of my mouth because I felt like I'd be a beluga whale just screaming <laughs> and crying. And it was transcendent. And... I, you know, I stood up on my hands and I was clapping, you know, and she was just phenomenal. And, you know, then at the end of the show, we, um, we went to, uh, I went to the stage door to wait for her and I was the last person she saw and I was an awestruck, you know, I believe I, it. Um, I was an awestruck. I, um, I got her to sign my ticket and I told her, I said, you will always be Ariel to me. Aww. And she just she just lit up and smiled. And I was telling her a little bit about, you know, personal struggles. And um, I told her, I said, my, I said, we will sing together one day. Mm-hmm. And you know what she said to me? Hmm. She looked at me with this this look of. Look of I can't express it, but she said, see you soon then. Ah, how cool. And that was that was so moving. And I carry that ticket in my wallet because it's just, it's, it's a dream of mine to sing with her in a professional setting to, you know, to really be able to live up to singing with Ariel, you know? Yeah. And sometimes I think about what it would be like to meet Jodie Benson. And sometimes I'm just too scared to meet her. I know that she, you know, like, I, like, I know that she's a very warm and loving person, but I'm just sometimes too scared, you know, because it's just like, I feel like if I would talk to her, I feel it would be like Ariel is talking to me. Yeah, yep. You know, and it would just be too much, too much emotionally, you know, but I, I do want to meet her one day too, you know, but I ramble, I ramble on. <laughs> no, you're good. Well, let's get into you growing up and being into mermaids and carrying on through to the present. You know, so when I was a little boy, mm-hmm. um, as we, as so many of us young men know, that it is very hard to grow up with this love of mermaids when so many men and our peers, you know, are praised and accepted for liking basketball, baseball, football, and, you know, all that other stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. It's just when you like these things that are generally classified as very feminine, it's, you know, it is hard to grow up, especially amongst family, you know, and like, you know, a lot, a lot of family members didn't understand. And, um, you know, what I think it was like, you know, it's for me when I, f- I will never forget when, um, when I'm watching the original uh, opening titles of the little mermaid, when you, when you hear that beautiful uh, vocalizations and you see the, 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 the goldfish swimming past all the marine life. Yeah. A lot of like, you know, a lot of people don't realize that when they see the first silhouette of a mer person, it's actually a merman, and it's it's such a it's such a powerful moment, uh, visually, cinematically, musically, and emotionally. Because when I saw that, I thought it was me. Oh wow! I said that's me. I said that's me, and you know I still see that. You know, I still look at that merman and I say, that's me, which is why I say my identity is from Atlanta. So going on, you know, in regards to like sports and stuff, I never was good at any sports. Like I wasn't good at baseball. I was not good at uh, 
football. I was not good at basketball. Like I never even tried basketball because it just never interested me. Right. You know, when I saw this film, I just felt so gravitated to wanting to swim. And I just felt like I knew it was what I had to do. And sure enough, it's what I really proved that I was more physically inclined to because all those other sports are team sports. And while, and while swimming is a, swimming is a team sport in the actual race itself, it is a one-on-one sport. You're racing yourself, you're racing against other people, but like you're, you are, you're like, they're not in front of you. Like the only thing in front of you is the wall, you know? And I would, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I just, I, I just really, shined in that sport more maybe maybe not I, I wasn't the best by any means but i just in regards to my own personal growth it was a much better sport for me and now that i've grown and i'm you know six feet two inches tall oh, and wow. have long arms you know and long legs it just it's it's become even more of a of a sport it's become even more of, of a of a natural um fit you know what i mean mm-hmm. and when I swim, when I when I was swimming on the team, I wasn't swimming for the competitive aspect of it. I was swimming because I wanted to find Atlantica and you know go swim with Ariel, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, um, so what started with me was the film. I can't remember when I first watched the film, but I had to be very young. I, I had to be incredibly young because it came out in '89 and I was born in '88. So, you know. I had to have been very young to see the film. Mm-hmm. I do remember, like, I think the first time I saw it was when I was four years old. And I was singing to The Little Mermaid. I was singing Part of Your World, and I was singing it at the right key, and I was following it musically correct, which was, which was um, wow. showing signs of my, uh, of my musical ability. And uh, that's, not only did that film lead me to become a swimmer, it also led me to become a singer. And... You know, that's why I say that this film is such an important foundation of who I am as a person, you know, and um, it I was I was I was on the swim team for, you know, until about my early preteens. And I've always kept that love of of mermaids, you know, growing up into into my teen years, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, when I got into high school. You know, that's kind of where things kind of like, I never really stopped loving it. And people always saw it. I was trying to like be cool and, you know, trying to, uh, you know, not let people think I was a nerd. But, you know, as I've gotten to this point now in my life, I know I'm a nerd. I'm a huge nerd. I don't care <laughs> if anybody knows, you know. Uh, right. It doesn't matter if they know, you know. Well, do Mm-hmm. Right. With um, growing up, did like mermaids kind of swim away and then come back later? Or did you always like them um, through and through? When I look back at it now, I think it, it was it was always through and through. I think at one point I put it on the back burners because I was trying to focus on being a singer, focus on, you know, uh, being a Boy Scout, focus on uh, doing this and doing that, focusing on school. And focusing on, you know, trying to not be the, the weird kid. Um, right. But it never, it never really went away. I mean, I put it, I, my, my own accord, put it on the back burner to try to, to try to blend in. But 
in the end, it, it didn't work. Does that make sense? Does that answer your question? I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yep, it does. Because um, I know with me and I think the other people I've interviewed, like, you're obsessed with mermaids when you're little. And then, like, you kind of, like, growing up, you just kind of fall into a few other, I don't want to say categories, yeah. but um, fandoms yeah. or whatever. And then it kind of comes back yeah. again. And, you know, now that it's come back, it's come back you know, full swing and nothing is getting in the way of that. You know what I mean? Like nothing, mm-hmm. you know? And now it's, it's really become a, uh, it's become a real anchor in my life, you know, just due to personal struggles and life and growth and stuff. And, you know, you know, now I realize that, you know, not only do we hang on to these things just for our own, you know, enjoyment, but we hang on to them because sometimes they are emotional foundations, you know, for our hardships in life, you know, our hardships, our struggles, you know, our own, um, yeah, personal storms, and you know, there's there's nothing wrong with that, you know, and um, you know, that's it's you know, it's very important to me now, and I've come to realize that you know, if people don't like it, then that's fine, you know, they don't have to. It's none of the, it's it's not their concern, you know. Right. Yeah. No. By totally. And they agree. don't have to understand, um, you know. And uh, if they if you know if they want you out of their life, okay, you know, fine, move on. You know. Mhm. Yep. Um. When did you start to kind of like dabble with the idea of becoming a merman? Um. Now I think from what I remember, I like I think it was really like relatively recently, like a couple of years ago. Um. I remember that I just saw. I think is. I want to say the first person I saw was Hannah, Hannah the mermaid. Um, the very okay. first one, and she is she is such a stunningly beautiful woman. Like she is just oh my goodness, so beautiful and and so nice and so um caring to other mers. Um, and I saw her doing it, and I was like, oh my god, is this for real? Like you know, like I always wanted to do it, but like I never saw anyone take that first step. You know, and right so. Let's just say, for argument's sake, you know, you, you, um, in regards to like film, I never really got into live action mermaids until my early teens. And, you know, ironically enough, that first, that first film was um, the 13th year. Mm-hmm. And that film was very important because it was a merman. It wasn't a mermaid. Right. You know, like it wasn't right. a mermaid. And, you know, I don't want to talk about, you know, like, you know, about representation matters. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to get all into that, you know, because sometimes, you know, like this, this industry is not going to cater to every single one of us, you know. But with that right. film, and, and we all have to understand that, you know, but with with that film, it was just so refreshing to see. A, a, a merman my age because I was close to that age, you know, and it just felt so mm-hmm. real. So if we want to talk about real inspiration, like let's, I, I want to say it was the 13th year. It was the 13th year that I really felt, I saw that physically and I really wanted to do that. I was too scared to admit it at the time. I was way too scared to admit it, but I wanted to do it. And, um, and that's when I got into live action mermaids, um, the mermaids from Hook, um splash oh yeah i forgot about that yeah and that's and what's what's such a shame is that they're seen for such a short amount of time you're such right a short amount of time and they're so beautiful they're so they beautiful. are and you know like 
I, I see a lot of Murs, you know, like all these like multicolored tails and stuff. And that's totally fine. But for me, I just feel, I feel that simplicity is beautiful. And when, like, to me, I just like a, a simple singular tone tail. And may, maybe not even singular, but like, just like all the colors around it complement the, the concentrated color. Does that make sense? You know, I just, it, it like, like that, that's. To me, that's what I find the most beautiful. And I just, I find them all to just to be so stunning. They were so stunning to look at and just so beautiful. Um, and, uh, and then with Splash, like Splash was such an important film because Daryl Hannah is such an icon in our community that he will yeah. always be Madison to me. And um, yeah. she, was, she was just so beautiful like and, and when i say beautiful like i mean she was she really embodied what i think a mermaid is like just a ethereal creature of innocence but sensuality and beauty it was just it, it was um it was, it was just hauntingly elegant you know and the the soundtrack to that film is just so beautiful you know and just so moving and um and we can't forget about um, the mermaids from um, H2O, H2O Adventure, uh, Phoebe Hopkins, mm-hmm. Tara, uh, Claire Holt, and um, Kariba. I cannot pronounce her last name, but, you know, um, uh, and I'm mm-hmm. sorry, Kariba, if you ever hear this, but I love you. Um, <laughs> but, you know, those three, those three did such a beautiful job playing their own individual characters and playing mermaids at the same time because acting underwater is hard. You know, acting acting itself is a difficult art in itself, but when you have to act underwater, hold your breath, eyes open, that's that's difficult. So Yeah. Um I, I thought they I, I thought they all did such a beautiful job. And um, what really got me into really wanting to do this, like really and truly, is when I saw Mike Rundall swimming in his neoprene splash tail. It was. He, I don't think he was making silicone at the time, but he was making he was making uh splash tails. But it was so haunting, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's a man doing it!" Like this is like I knew like this is when I had to do it. Like I knew it. Like I knew that this was it, you know. And um, yeah. And uh, he also made a green tail, and I like that green tail more. Than the um than the splash one because it was splash esque but different colors, and um just just the, huh. the the background music he chose to he chose to play was just it, it was so captivating just the way he was swimming and that and the music together, and um I feel like he was like a real inspiration and you know that's why I really want one of my silicone tails from him if that if that day ever comes but uh I would love to have one of his silicone mm-hmm. tails and um. In regards to, you know, community, I would definitely say on the top of that list is Merman Christian and Merman Jack. You know, Jacks, if, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Like, those two are, like, you really need to have Jack on the channel because Jack is such an inspiration and he is, you know, he's such a, such a handsome, and I say that in a platonic way, like, such a handsome man, but more importantly, he knows how to swim and he swims incredibly and he is such a role model to community and he's always a very kind-hearted and humble person you know and i you know 
I, I will definitely, you know, send you a link to his channel because I think it would be a great benefit for you. Yeah. you know? And uh, he's just, he's just such a wonderful, wonderful person, you know, and, um, and, and Christian, you know, Christian, you know, I consider like my, mer, my, my mer older brother because he was the one that you know, was like really getting uh-huh. me. Um, when I had questions, like he'd be the one to ask them and, you know, like talking about silicone tails and talking about this and talking about that. And, um, you know, like he was, you know, he was, uh, I, I consider him an older brother in, in, in that aspect. I really do. And I hope to meet him one day. I really do. Um, but, uh, you know, those are, those are, you know, mm-hmm. th- that's, that's how I hope, I hope that answered the question because that's how I, how I really wanted to get involved in this. That's when I, when I first started really seeing these live action mer- mermaids and seeing the 13th mm-hmm. year and seeing Mike Rondall and his neoprene tail, that's what really got me into it. Like as a true passion no. of life. Which one came first? The 13th year is flash for year. you. 13th year. Okay. Because Splash came in 84. How did you get into... Splash came in 84. Mm-hmm. I was born in 88. So it never really got to me. And um, mm-hmm. um, I really don't think I would have been able to, to have truly appreciated Splash until I was older. Because I think what it was for Ariel is that one, because I was younger. And two, is a cartoon. Right. And three, her design is very simple. Ariel, you know, like her, her color scheme is very complimentary so you're you're naturally going to be gravitated to her you know with her red hair and her purple right. blonde her green tail um and her tail is green it's not blue even though technically it's blue green i will always say her tail is green anyway <laughs> team green tail anyways moving on um right the tail itself is very simple and just very simplistic to look at where with madison madison you know it's it's much older it's um, mm-hmm. it's more it's more mature. It's more sensuous. It's more detailed in regards to her tail. Her tail is more detailed to look at. You know, you know, it's a lot to look at. So I guess that's why when I was younger, I gravitated more towards Ariel. But now as an adult, like Ariel and Madison are on the same. You know, like like Ariel will always be an inch mm-hmm. higher because Ariel is Ariel. But Madison, I have such great love and respect for. So. I would going back to your question. It was the thirteenth year that came first. Absolutely. Okay. When you were growing up, did you watch the Low Mermaid TV series on TV? I did. Yes, I did. And now it's on Disney Plus. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot Disney about Plus. that. I, I don't have it. <laughs> oh, that's, I highly recommend it. It's seven bucks a month if if you can. Oh, it's, not bad. Yeah, because other things are like. 13 14 you know so that's seven bucks and no commercials either no right commercials oh nice so, you know you, you go you go a long way with that so um, i wish splash was on there but it's not uh I, I, did you ever see splash too that i have not that i have not i only saw the um i only saw the um transformation scene in the pool and i like the tale like I, I like a, a stiff blade when it comes to swimming. I, I like competitor monofins. I don't like I don't mm-hmm. like tails that are too floppy because when they're too floppy, you're not going to go very far. Ariel is right on that. If it's a floppy fluke, you're not going very far. <laughs> but if it's a real stiff blade, that kick will get you far. You know, like, yeah. you know, sometimes I just feel comfortable without a skin, just my monofin. 
and my gl- and my goggles and you know a nice pull all to myself you know and and going mm-hmm. back to pulls like you know I told you once that, you know and I haven't said it out loud but you know I have a phobia of sea monsters just because like I've, I've always right. been very paranoid as a kid and just very scared as a kid and um you know just just from just from living with uh troubled people if, if that's if that's the mm-hmm. right way of putting it and i won't go any farther than that but um you know the little mermaid was such an escape for me the little mermaid was such mm-hmm. an escape and it and it is today and it always will be and i feel like that's why it's such an important film to me um but um with uh with what's it called um in regards to you know other literature that i've read with the sea i've always been very horrified of like the Loch Ness monster, the Kraken, the giant squid, uh, oh, Moby yeah. Dick, you know, Jaws, Megalodon. I've always been very scared of these monsters. And the reason, a part of the reason why I chose the name Cetus is because, you know, in, in one story, Cetus is a sea monster. And I feel like if I kind of embrace that idea, maybe it'll help me conquer like swimming in a pool. Because sometimes when I swim in a pool all by myself, I do get very paranoid, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, do you eat seafood? I do. Um, I, I love shrimp. I can't get enough shrimp. Um, I can't afford lobster. <laughs> I can't afford lobster, but I do like lobster tail. Um, uh, I don't. I haven't eaten a lot of. I, I don't eat a lot of fish. I eat more crustacean because if there's mm-hmm. one thing that um, the Little Mermaid did set a, an everlasting scar into my mind is eating fish because. Um, I feel, you know, whenever we see that scene of Louie, you know, uh, chopping all the fish and uh, uh, really going into town on them, like, really scared me. But also, King Trident does not like people who eat fish. He does not like it. And I always wanted King Trident to like me like a son, and I didn't want to make him mad at me. So for a long time, I stopped eating fish. Now, (laughs) I know, I know. Now, because, you know, I've seen other mer literature actually you know have mermaids eat fish it just makes sense you know so i'm more inclined to eat it now mm-hmm. i'm still i still feel the king trident will never love me uh, um oh, oh what do you think of the live action musical that they had on tv a few months ago um they have like queen latifah um, um I, i'm trying i'm trying I, to I forget. be polite here um I'll just say I didn't care. I, it, I, I did not care for it. If I'm being completely honest with you, um, okay. If, if I'm being, I you know, it just I can't. You can let it all out. It doesn't matter. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. <laughs> um, I felt um, the actress from Glee. I forgot her name right now. Uh, Amber. I think Amber. I think it is. Um, yeah. Yep. You're right. I, she played Mercedes. Yes, she played Mercedes. Yes, and Glee. Um, I felt her character was very unnecessary. Um, I don't know why she was needed. I don't know why we didn't cast uh, the Daughters of Trident with actresses who can actually sing. You know? Um, And I feel... um, What's it called? Uh, What's his name? Um, uh, Excuse me, what's her name? Uh, The actress who played Moana, who played Ariel. Um, I feel it was just fan service. And if, if, if I'm coming from a constructive place, um, I feel that her voice just sounds too much like Moana for me to allow my suspension of disbelief to be 
let go to me to believe that she's Ariel because it's too big and too too Moana esque to, to be Ariel in, in my opinion. I just I didn't see her as mm-hmm. Ariel, um, and I was I felt that uh, Latifah's performance was underwhelming in my opinion. Really? Mm-hmm. I liked it. I, I mean, Queen Latifah's the only part. I really cared for about it. Okay. Well, I, I just felt like she could have, felt like she could have done more. Um, you know, like, and a lot of people, you know, like this is common knowledge now, but you know, um, what's it called? Ursula was inspired by a drag queen. And, uh, you know, I just, I just feel like it just, it could have been bigger. I felt like it was too film acting esque. It it just, it it felt too soft. It felt too subtle. Right. And I'm like, you know, you could be subtle, but like you can also like you know show your evil intentions and like really let it out. I just felt, I felt like it was just fan service because ever since she did that portrait for, for uh, Ariel with uh, mm-hmm. as Ursula years ago, I felt like everyone wanted to see that, and you know so many people wanted yeah. that, and I get it, but it just it, I felt it to be very underwhelming. I felt it to be very underwhelming and very, no thanks, like no no. Um, mm-hmm. Um, I liked if only being turned into a quartet because it was originally written to be a, uh, originally written, excuse me, uh, to be brought in as a duet because it was originally written oh. to be a duet. Um, huh. I just felt that they, that the two actors didn't have any vocal chemistry. If you if you want my honest opinion, it, it, it didn't do well for me. I liked the orchestration of it. Um, my favorite, my favorite part of the live action adaptation was Max the dog. That was my favorite. It was so cute and so sweet. How do you feel about the live-action Little Mermaid movie coming out? The new one coming out? Yep, or at least the announcement they made. I feel like you're putting me in a very difficult spot to answer. (laughs) Well, we don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. Well, let's... You know, I, I just I, I don't know how I feel about it to be honest with you. I um I I just feel like it's uh it's a bit out there for me. Um uh I do feel that um I can't remember the actress uh, her name right now. Um uh I can't think of her name right at the moment, but um I think she is a beautiful girl and I think she- she is a beautiful singer. She has a beautiful singing voice, um, which I'm glad that Disney actually took the time to actually consider in regards to their casting. Um, but I just feel like it's like really torn, like the community apart. Like I feel like if you say something or if you like, you know, disagree with it, you know, you become ostracized, and uh, you know, it's, um, <clears throat> you know, so I, I really don't know if I'm being completely honest. Um, you know, because I feel like with the rest of the cast or like with most of the cast, like they seem to like really cast everyone according to what the original film stood out for. And then with um, Hallie, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Hallie, they uh, they they just went um, not Haley, not not, not Haley. Um, is it Haley or Hallie? I think it's Hallie. Um, and I'm I, I'm I'm so sorry that I forgot her name, but um, I just um. I feel like her casting like really just stands out in, I don't know if it's a good way or not. Um, I know she's going to sound beautiful. I know that. And, 
you know, she looks beautiful. I just feel like it's like just to push an agenda. And, you know, it, it saddens me because this is my all time favorite film. And, you know, I don't want to see all these agendas being pushed on film. You know what I mean? I just want to see the magic of the film. And I just feel like out of all the films for, for Disney to do this with, they're going to do it with the one that literally put them back in business, you know? Right. Cause a lot of people don't know that, you know, it was the little mermaid that got them out of bankruptcy that got them out of, uh, you know, they were, Oh, I, I had no idea. Uh, before the little mermaid came out of yeah, like, you know, if, if, you know, for the little, you know, after Aurora, after Sleeping Beauty um, and after Walt's death, the company just like went into like a real mm-hmm. depression, if you know what I mean. Uh, rightfully so. And uh, they kind of lost their footing a little bit. And then they came out with uh, the Black Cauldron, which was, you know, a bomb. And then they were like, you know, they're also focusing on live television and they just they didn't know where to put their focuses on, on you know, and then. The Great Mouse Detective came out, and that one was—I I believe that one was like moderately successful. But you know, they—they they weren't doing very well, and they were actually, um, if from what I understand, if I'm if I'm saying this correctly, they were going to sell the company. Like you know, they were in a really bad position, and they decided to go back to their roots and tell fairy tales. And they told the Little Mermaid, and the Little Mermaid was a yeah. huge smash hit. And I just feel like out of all the it, it, that film, literally gave us the Disney renaissance that everyone knows about, you know, the Lion King, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, all of that. So, you know, if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for that film, Disney would not be what it is today. We wouldn't have Elsa Mm -hmm. and Anna if we didn't have Ariel. And I just feel like, why are they being so experimental with this film when they should be honoring it? They should be paying homage and honoring it like not turning it into i don't know like some kind of experimental piece like it's a classic piece like why do they need to change it so i don't know i'm probably going to get really ostracized for that so um but if if that's my opinion that's my opinion stance i i do think you know i think she is beautiful and i think she is a beautiful girl and i think she'll do well i just i i don't, I don't know if her casting is true to the character or if it's to be pushing an, an agenda mm-hmm. is what I feel, you know, if I'm being honest, you know, if you're asking me honestly, right. I'm saying, honestly. do you think you'll go to the theaters to watch it or yeah. will you wait for it to come out on DVD? Well, if I'm being completely honest, you know, I really don't go to the movies anymore and that's just because movie tickets are yeah. so damn expensive. And, um, you know, to the point where it's like, you know, I work hard for my money and, you know, everyone's trying to take it. So maybe I think I'll wait till it gets VHS. <laughs> no, VHS. Wow. Wow. VHS. That's showing my age a little bit. Um, I think I may wait for it to come out. Um, just because if I'm being honest, you know, just I'm not going to go spend 50 bucks right. on the movies, you know, when I work hard to get that 50 bucks. So I don't know yet, to be honest with you, but <clears throat> As of now, that's my position. Okay. Well, everybody's opinion is valid. So all all we can do is wait and find out. Yeah, that's true. true. So we haven't really talked about tales. How many different tales do you have? Well, as of right now, I have a tale and a half. Um, I have a Fin Fun Atlantis tale with the... um, I can't, the sea dragon print and sea dragon print yes and 
Um, in regards to sizing, if I can give any advice to anybody in regards to fabric tails, mm-hmm. go a size down. And if it's too small, then return it and, you know, play with it from there. But, you know, you never want to go a size up with these things. Like, you know, it just feels like you want to go a size down. So um, that's my that's my tail. And um, I also have a fin, uh, a Merta, excuse me, a Mertaylor wow. Fantasy 3 Monofin in uh, the Midnight Abyss. It's my fa- my favorite color of all time is blue. Like I love purple and I love I love sea green and I, and I love those kind of colors. But um, I like cool colors. Um, but blue just has a very special place in my heart. So when I saw it, I just I, I just said, <laughs> just take it, give it to me now. You know. Um, so and and you know the thing is is that it's a tail and a half because the original skins just never really spoke to me. They just never really did it to me. But now with Mer Taylor, you know, releasing custom colored monofins, uh, uh, excuse me, tails, you know, now everyone can mm-hmm. have their tail. You know what I mean? So, and I appreciate that. That's uh, that's very nice, you know. Right. Now, like, if can you kind of give us an idea how big the Fantasy 3 is? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It is It is a monster. I actually believe it's about... 30 inches across wow. at its widest points. Maybe maybe a little bit smaller than that. Like maybe I want to say between 25 inches and 30 inches, something like that. And and he's the big boy. He is big. He is um and he's heavy. Like I've gotten used to him at first. Um I've gotten used to him now, but he is heavy. He's at least 20 pounds. Oh, wow. Maybe a little bit lighter than that. But yeah. he is heavy. He is a big boy. That's that's what I'll say. But I couldn't wait anymore. I just, I couldn't wait, you know, um, as much as, you know, I love the community, you know, I have to say, you know, it is, it is hard for people to really put down their hard earned money, mm-hmm. you know, on tails, you know, it is, it's very difficult, you know, like, you know, I told you privately, you know, that I see, and, and this is not by any means like shaming or bashing anybody. I just, I just don't understand how so many people can afford to have all of these, this this little closet mm-hmm. of tails and still be able to pay the rent like i just i i just don't know but um you know i you know for me it's it's just it's been a struggle to really purchase my first tail in regards to finances but you know i i, I feel that um and it's also because you know when i first started to come into community you know, fabric tails, while they're the most affordable tails, they weren't always the most right. aesthetically pleasing tails. They often look really cheap and really, really um, crappy looking, if I'm, being, if I'm being honest. They just look fake. But, you know, in the day and age we live now, you know, fabric tails have yeah, gone they have. so far. So far. And, and, and just, you know, like every, every major silicone tail maker now is trying to get into that market, you know. And that's now. Just imagine what it would be oh, like you're 10 right. years from now. You know, can you imagine what it would be like? I mean, you know, it, as much as I love and appreciate a good silicone tail, if there's any advice I can give mm-hmm. to younger murs and, you know, murhats yeah. and mer babies out there, don't spend money that you don't have on a silicone tail. Like, like first like you know like while these tails are beautiful and aesthetically pleasing and gorgeous to look at they are also very mm-hmm. high maintenance and 
very expensive, which we already knew that, and very time-consuming to take care of. Uh, excuse me, um, well, I already said that. Um, they're also very heavy. They are very, very heavy tails. Um, my favorite silicone tail maker, uh, Mike Wandal, with his tails, I believe they range anywhere between 40 wow. to 60 pounds. Yeah, that's a small child. Heavy. You know, that, that is, that, yeah, that's very heavy, you know, and, you know, that, that, that does take a toll on your body. And it takes a toll on your bank account, especially when you don't have $4,000 to spend on something. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, a lease on a car and sometimes a lease on a new apartment is more important. You know, have shelter and a car over your head before you buy a tail. I'm an old grandmother. I'm an old (laughs) woman. So, you know, that's my advice. That's my advice to the Right. No, good advice. Like previous guest on the show, I mentioned about the care that goes into silicone tail and yeah, oh stuff God. I would have never thought of. It's a yeah. part-time job. I mean, it's, it is, it needs to care for these tails is literally a part-time job, you know, to soak them, to, to dry, to, to first spray them with water and then to put them in a, in a baking soda bath and then hang them to dry. If you have a place to dry them, you know, it's a lot. It's, it is a, it's a lot. And that's one thing I like about fabric tails is that, you can easily take them off. Like you can easily put them on. You can easily put, take them off. You uh, clean them in the shower. You let the, the fabric hang out to dry. And the best part about it is that you can easily change it. If you don't feel like, if you don't feel like you're a blue merman, then put on a green one. If you don't feel like you're green, you're orange. You know what I mean? Like you can easily swap out the Mm -hmm. colors. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's just fabric tails have really come such a long way. And if, you're not if you're not looking to do this for a professional career, then you know a silicone tail like it's you know it's it's not really necessary anymore. It's not necessary. You know, if you want one and you have the money to do it, I'm not telling you what to do. You know, I'm just you know just offering my little right. Oh, I like here. that. Yeah, it, I'm I, such an old. I'm <laughs> such an old I agree. I, I wouldn't go into debt for one either, especially if you have rent, no. a car payment, or whatever. No. No, like, don't do it, children. Don't do it, my <laughs> beloved children, my hatchlings, my babes. I can't do it. No, I can't see my children suffer. <laughs> Anyways, you know. Um, so. so what What colors, or wait, no, I think you told me your tail is green, right? Or no? No, my tail is, if I had to, you know, in regards to mermen, I will say this. Blue is so common it is so common where it's kind of boring you know and like you know i love blue i love blue did you do you ever remember that song um yeah yep i do that's me that's me that's just me right there if i could like i'm that old woman that lives entirely okay but blue very cool that's you know that's but anyways so my tail is blue but it's not just any blue my blue is actually techni- my tail is actually technically indigo, Ooh. so it's a mixture of blue and purple. So it's a nice blend of the two, and um, it's uh, I, I I had to come up with something to make it stand out because you know I mean not that it matters because I don't care about anybody, but I don't want my tail to just be you know another tail. I want my tail to 
right. look like me for the sake of memes. So, you know, it's a mixture of blue and purple and like deep blues and deep purples. And, you know, I also love like a really dark sea green because my favorite anime character of all time Ooh, is Sailor Neptune. So like maybe, like maybe have like a little hint of sea green in there, like to compliment right. her, you know? So, but like, my dominant color is indigo. Indigo, like it's actually inspired by the gemstone iolite, which is a really deep, beautiful indigo blue. It's oh my god, it's just it's, it's so pretty. So, you know, and I want it to be you know different and unique. I didn't want to be like just like another typical, you know, carbon copy yeah, of merman. Yep. You know what I mean? So, you know, and all the merman we see out there in in uh, pop culture and film culture, a lot of them are. Um, have blue mm-hmm. tails, so I wanted to be different. And I wouldn't mind, like maybe one day, maybe having a green, like a dark green scale tail skin, or maybe having like a dark orange. You know, like you know. And again, that's the magic of fabric tails. You know, but my my go to and my signature color is indigo. I like right, it. I like it. Now, I can't remember if we spoke about it previously or not but can you tell us about your persona uh i think we did i think we did talk about oh yeah actually we did well then if you could if because we're talking about tails if money was no object Mm. what kind of tail Mm. would you have or what would it look like oh my god well first off if money was no option, if, if money was not an if money was not a factor, I would I would be a completely different person. At least I would feel a little bit better about my everyday life. But that's that's going into something deeper. Anyways, um, well, um, first I would get a house, like a cheap house that I can afford. Like that's first and foremost. Children get a house right. first. You know. Um, a house and a place to live that you can actually afford. Don't do that and get a don't get a tail and then the other way around. Anyways, your question. Your question is, I would say, well, I have so many though. Like to me, I I want a tail that's built like a tank. You know what I mean? Like I want a tail. I would much rather have a tail that is built like a tank and can actually take the wear and tear. Mm-hmm that it needs to take is something that be aesthetically beautiful and you swim in it one time, it gets ripped, mm-hmm. you know, and then you have to buy silly epoxy and then you have to, uh, you know, or, or, or your, or you have to send it back to the, to the tail maker and that's another $5,000 or whatever. So, but anyways, um, I, my, my, one of my favorite tales of all time is, uh, the Mako tail from, um, H2O. Um, if we're talking mm-hmm. live action, just because I prefer a fluke that is short and wide, that's meant for actual propulsion, that's like meant to like push you through the water like a real good speed, rather than something that's long and flowy and floppy and that you really don't get that mm-hmm. far. You know what I mean? Aerial right, by the way. Um, so my my favorite is definitely um Mike Von Dahl's uh, tail, uh, uh, Mako tail, his H two O tail, because. It's just, it is such a perfect replica from the TV series. Like, it is it is absolutely perfect. And I heard you have not seen that that series. Shame on you. We must change <laughs> this. We must change this. It is, it's cute for what it is. It's a coming of age, you know, you know, teenage girl into young woman. You know, it's it's cute. It's cute for what it is. Um, 
but uh it's it's just perfect like i would only make a very slight alteration but other than that that that's the tail i would go for um i forgot to mention in our in our in, uh, mm-hmm. the last time we talked um one of my other all-time favorite tail makers is um uh, nation and they're also oh. here in florida i don't know if i mentioned I that think. last time um i absolutely love them um they're one of my favorite tail makers too I hear their customer service is just out of this world and like their 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 tail wait time is very short and their tails are built huh. like a tank. You know what I mean? And that is so important. And on top of that, yeah. let's go back to silicone tails really quick. Not only are they very are they very expensive, are they very high maintenance and they're very heavy. The wait time for some of these tails is absolutely unbelievable. Like it it is absolutely ridiculous. Um I heard of one tail maker. I won't say their name. I'm not, and I'm right. not saying this in a bad way. Like this, this is not this is not said in a bad, mean way. I'm just saying it in regards to argument. Um, if I'm if I'm correct, their their tail wait time wow. is like two plus years. Two plus years. Yeah. Now, granted, from what I hear, their their um their team is very small, which that is understandable, and they have a you know, and they do have a lot of people coming to them, and for that, I can understand. I can understand right. that completely. I'm just, I'm just saying, like in, in the thought process, mm-hmm. two years, another two years, a lot can happen right. in two years. Your body can change. You can get bigger. You can get smaller. Women can get pregnant, and your, you know, your body's never the same after you get pregnant. So you know, it's you know, mm-hmm. as as much as as much as the tails are beautiful and the artistry is unbelievable, I just. Uh, the idea of waiting two plus years for a tail, I, I can't do it. I, I can't. And I think I'm a very patient person. I think I'm a very calm and collected and patient person, but that I, I, I can't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And uh, it's just, it's the, the, the torture, the torture is too much, you know, like it would be too much for my heart. 